Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Grace Eaters Anonymous podcast for compulsive eaters. If you have a problem with food, we may be able to help you. On today's episode, we are going to talk about dating and being in a relationship in gray sheet abstinence. I'm Carla, I'm a food addict and compulsive eater, and I'm a member of Gray Sheeters Anonymous. In Gray Sheet, we weigh and measure our food from the Gray Sheet food plan. We work with a sponsor, eat three weighed and, meals, weighed and measured meals a day with nothing in between, and we attend meetings to help us to do this one day at a time. Our food plan is not a diet because we don't have a specific end time at all, not a number on the scale or after a period of time. We just keep doing it because it works. With us today, we have Stephanie and Victor from Austin, Texas, Peggy and Jack from Clinton, Connecticut, and the crew, Eileen from Taos, New Mexico, Joey from Long Island, New York, and Miguel from Madrid, Spain. So our topic today is that, you know, once we've found a solution to our compulsive eating in gray sheet, we have an opportunity to heal and to grow in the areas of our life that were once neglected by uh, the impact of our all-encompassing food addiction. As we sometimes say, we, a life beyond our wildest dreams. One of these important categories is romantic relationship. We're gonna have each of our couples share the story of their relationship and how it works with their gray sheet abstinence. So I should have had folks flip a coin, but I'm gonna put Jack and Peggy on the on the spot. Will you guys go ahead and just tell us a bit about your relationship? Thanks so much. Thanks for uh, inviting us here. Um, we met, I met Jack on, on the Through the Phone Bridge. We were going to the same phone bridge meetings and um, I heard him. I loved the way that he led meetings. He was very respectful of people and gracious and inviting. And um, I, I just thought it, he was somebody that I wanted to get to know. This was, um, it was seven, almost seven, well, seven years ago. And um, at the, t <clears throat> and um I was living in Rhode Island at the time and uh, Jack was in Vermont. So our communication was by phone and we started, uh, I remember exactly when I started, I called him. He had called me before and I called him, I think in November, around November 15th. I remember that because I, or shortly after that, I had just gotten um, our dog and uh, I remember talking to him about the dog and and all of that. And that's what well, that's what started our conversations. We um, started uh, talking back and forth, and it just evolved. So we started uh, to meet in Cambridge, Mass, at the meeting. So we would go to the two meetings, the nine a.m. and then the ten a.m., and either go to a restaurant and have lunch or we would go to Harvard Square, the, the law library on the square and have lunch together there. This went on for a, a long time. Or we'd uh, meet in Westport, Connecticut. And uh, then after that, we would go to Whole Foods and have our lunch together. And it really evolved from that point 
of you. And then we started going to the New York Roundup together. And, and then we developed a, a closer relationship, a more intimate relationship at that time. Uh, we would stay together on former military so I could stay at the soldiers and sailors. So we would stay there and uh, go to the New York Roundup together. And of course, the Connecticut retreat. And it has evolved to that. And then I wanted to move to Connecticut. The pandemic came in and we were both at a standstill calling each other every day and all. And once it started to lighten up about a year and a half into that, I decided to move to, to Connecticut. And what we first did was we made a choice to me get an apartment first and see how it would work out. Now, this is going on now for seven years like this. And we gradually got to know one another. And it was all around the weighing and measuring of our food, loving our food, getting to love each other. Uh, and once I moved here, um, it, in within a year's time, I we moved in together. We've been together here uh, over nine months, maybe 10 months. And it's just been so much fun. We weigh and measure our food together. We usually have dinner together every night. We wash our dishes together, dry them together at night. And Peggy is a riot. She has me, I'm in stitches. I'm bent over. I mean, my stomach is hurting with her and making me laugh at night while I'm washing the dishes. And um, so it's just been a, a fun. We have our dog Tyson. We take out for a walk every morning. And that's around our gray sheet because we take them out at 4.30 and 5.30 we on, we're on the phone bridge meeting. And then I'm making my breakfast and uh, Peggy's making her breakfast. So here we are with you wonderful, wonderful gray sheeters. <laughs> when we met, I was in Rhode Island and I moved, um, I made a decision. I had been there 15 years and I made a decision that uh, on my birthday that year, I thought, where do I want to spend the rest of my life? And I decided I wanted to go back to Connecticut, where I'd lived for 35 years. And um, and I really wanted to come back to be in the um, in the arms of the gray sheet community here, and uh, particularly Westport, where I uh, got um, abstinent. And um, so I moved in September of 2019. Uh, shortly, of course, before the pandemic. And um, so I have been here since then. And I rented this house and then bought it uh, last year. So I didn't, quite frankly, I didn't think um, that Jack would ever leave Vermont. I thought that he was so um, caught up in, in being there as kids were there nearby. And I I just didn't think he would ever move. So the idea of him eventually coming down here was something that I had not thought would occur. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's all been very surprising. And as Jack said, it's all been around Gray Sheet, Gray Sheeters Anonymous, all of it. What a great way to grow together. Now we go to our uh, Saturday meeting, our in-person meeting at Westport together so that's every Saturday we take an hour drive down hour drive back take our dog for a ride then we have lunch 
<laughs> it's, it's all in between breakfast and lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is so fantastic. In in addition to it being wonderful for everyone to hear your stories, I just personally am just thrilled to know more about it. And I didn't know about your relationship and John until the recent past. So this is great. <laughs> what was it like? Um what was it like when you first weighed and measured together? First time we weighed and measured together was at a restaurant in Cambridge called Fire and Ice, which is no, it was in Harvard Square and um, it's no longer there. And um, we had, had attended the 10 o'clock meeting. We uh, then went over and we knew we were going to eat in the square and we had plans to do that. And and it was interesting uh, because it, I, if you've ever been to a fire and ice restaurant, it's um, it's built around the idea that the chef is out in the open in the middle of the restaurant and all the food choices are all around. So you go and get, can I mention food on here? Yes. You go and get a poultry and you say, I would like you to grill this. And you give it to the chef, they grill it, and you stand there and, and wait. And the, and the chef is doing that with anybody who's around the circle. And um, same with the vegetables and then um, and, and that. So we would be we were talking then. We had seen each other at the roundup. Um, so it wasn't the first time that I had seen Jack. We had seen each other at, at two different roundups, uh, but um, we were eating with other people. Uh, there and um so um uh, let's see and then uh after that uh as jack said we we ate in harvard square a number of times with our own lunches and uh so that that was always uh that was always fun and weighing and measuring and with another gray sheeter is very easy to do for me it's it takes the we were talking about this yesterday. It takes the fear and the um, sort of insecurity about being in a restaurant with um, people who aren't gray sheet, and uh, and so and I'm I'm not I'm still after after this period of time I'm still not totally comfort comfortable with doing that with non gray sheeters, but it's it's so easy and relaxing to do it with another gray sheeter because even though our food may be different. Um, because men get to eat more uh, and, and all of that. Um, it, it's still, it's just a, a fun experience uh, to uh, to have that, to, to go to any retreats or, or anything. Anytime I've done that, I've been to Iceland and weighed and measured um, lunch uh, there with other gray sheeters. Miguel was one of them and um, all of that. So it's uh, it's a wonderful experience and, and I, I enjoy it. And we, of course, we weigh and measure here at home too. Well, we'll, we'll come back around with some more questions. Thank you so much, each of you for sharing. Victor and Stephanie, are you, Steph, are you ready to talk a bit about your relationship? Yes, ma'am. Um, gosh, it's so good to see all of you here. Uh, I didn't know y'all were together. I've known you separately on Gray Sheet, and it's just fantastic. I'm just so thrilled. I'm such a hopeless romantic, so this is really exciting to see you together. 
Um, so I was thinking back, I think we were married about nine years when we finally got abstinent. Before that, we had tried a few times to get abstinent together, but I would talk him into eating. I was real cranky and kind of a bully. And the only other experience was when we met in the late 80s, was it 88 or 89? 89. Um, he cooked in a restaurant and I would go to fellowship in another 12-step program. We'd all go out to eat there and uh, he had asked me what I wanted to eat. And I said, oh, I'm doing this program. And I had been, you know, just briefly abstinent then uh, just for a brief period of time. But uh, he was a sous chef. So, you know, it was wonderful to uh, have his cooking at home. But, you know, we have our separate nightstands with the junk food and everything. And so it's, you know, it's always that that double edged sword where, you know, are we going to talk each other into eating or are we going to, you know, get abstinent? And I think the last time you got absent like five days after me. So we were just, you know, we're just finally done. And um, that was in 2001. And we just celebrated 30 years married, uh, our wedding anniversary a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. wow. So I'm just, just, it's so humbling to me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but uh, yeah, it's wonderful. I thinking about he, he eats a, a completely different foods than I do. It's really fun, but I know I need to keep my eyes on my own plate. And, uh, you know, we have our separate scales and uh, separate stuff. So that really, um, uh, it's just, it's just so magical. Cause it, the other thing too, you know, I was just real um, kind of a princess in the pea. So, you know, I would let him do, uh, you know, prepare everything. And so getting absent, it's like, oh gosh, I have to weigh and measure my own food. You know, I have to, because before I just let him make everything. So it's really needing to take responsibility for my abstinence and for recovery and, and uh, weigh and measure my own food and cook my own food, which luckily is just in the microwave where he could do something <laughs> fancy, you know? So it's, it's been really, really a trip. And we don't go out to eat much because the food at home is just so tasty. Um, yeah. I, I, after being a chef for so many years, I'm like, Nah, I can make my own food better, you know. <laughs> the salad tastes much better. It's like dishwater at, the, at those, you know, at those restaurants. So, so yeah, yeah. It's like, mm, you know. So. so, how would you tell the story, Victor? Oh yeah, I remember when when she when I was working at that restaurant when um uh. And we're both we're both in the other fellowship. One of the other, we're we're both in Narcotics Anonymous too. And uh, she is she was she was there for fellowship for at that restaurant. And she was like, no, I don't. I do this gracie thing, and I was, and uh, I I wasn't clean at that time either. So I was like, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever <laughs> you want to do that, go for it. And then. Um, and uh, when, um, you know, finally I got clean and we, we actually started going to, to NA meetings together because, um, you know, I found out, she, I remember her telling me she didn't, you know, and I remember her coming in for fellowship, but it didn't click, you know, because I was all, all in my own little world. Um, and then when we started going to meetings together, you know, and it was it was like when we were when we were 
you know, we were, you know, clean and working an NA program, but yeah, just like lost in the food, you know, waking up from a sugar coma and going, well, what's going on? He got, you know? <laughs> it was free food 24 hours a day with him working in a restaurant. So it was very enabling. Yeah. We could just go there <laughs> all the time. And yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, finally getting abstinent. Uh, you had to stop working. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, I had to stop working at a restaurant, you know, because mm -hmm. it was like dealing drugs. You know what I mean? So, and you know, it, it's it's interesting. We have we we're planning. You know, we're looking for a, a house, and so like one of the biggest things is a bigger kitchen, so that we we have our own little areas and we don't run into each other while we're waiting, <laughs> measuring and yeah. stuff like that. Know. we're in an apartment with a smaller kitchen so that's you know that's the number one priority and looking for a, another place yeah. to live yeah and I, every time i go to the store too it's like you go to the store and you buy like a bunch of food and they were like wow you're buying a lot of food and i was like yeah well this is just me me and my wife and it's like no kids and i was like well no <laughs> I, I eat you know <laughs> pound of salad you know <laughs> i love telling people i eat a, a pound and a half of salad a day that's and a pound of cooked i mean it's just so fun to, they just can't believe it thank you oh my gosh so what's the dark side okay or <laughs> i guess the reason so so i don't think i'm probably alone in that i think um Oh, it must be all so fantastic to be with someone who's in gray sheet. So I'm just curious about just your thoughts on that in particular. I think um, this is like a, you know, a 12 step based program. I think we all grow in our own part, in our own way. So I think, you know, she may, she may be may have these growth spurts of spiritual growth and i might be farther down so you know navigating that kind of thing where you know i might be um in my selfishness and self-centeredness in and working in through relationships that way is kind of mm -hmm. i think i had to really humble myself like since i had done gray sheet before we met uh, I you know, had a lot of pride and thought I was an expert and I'm not. So it's like, I should not be telling him how to work his program, not sponsor him, let him, you know, keep your eyes on your own plate. Don't be questioning, oh, what are you doing over there? You know, it's none of my business. And, uh, you know, letting him have confidence in what he's doing. And I just want to tell a little story. I, I think we had a, a, probably over six months abstinence and I got really mad and I said, I'm going to go eat. And he said, well, you're not going to do that here. And I said, oh, great. I'm just going to go to a hotel then and eat eggs. And it was like, that was a real turning point. He said, I think you need to call someone. And, you know, it was just, just getting, getting through that. And, you know, the thing was, I, you know, had really been a bully and he was finally standing up for himself and setting boundaries and protecting mm -hmm. his health. Because before that, when you mentioned the dark side, it's like, you know, I think I had talked him into go get me food. I'm not going to handle this anymore. You know, I just was really temperamental before that. And, you know, like two drug addicts talking each other into relapsing. So it was really important to have separate independent 
programs. I wondered about that because I had this picture in my mind that boy, if I, if my husband were a gray sheeter, we would eat the same food and we, it would only be one meal that we'd make. And then we could do the every clean up together and prepare together, but we don't, we have two separate things. Every meal is two separate things practically. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me that you guys are doing that too. Is it because you like different gray sheet food or? Uh, uh, yeah, for me, me and Stephanie, yeah, we we definitely both like different things, you know. I, she'll do a, like a salad. At, she'll do eight ounces of raws at, at at dinner or at lunch, but I'll do three raws, you know. Uh-huh. So it's kind of one of those things where, um, yeah, you know, and the in the salad that she likes for dinner, I you know, I'm not. It's like, eh, I'd rather. Yeah. Have how about you and peggy jack uh the dark side so uh (laughs) here we go you know it was about uh, three and a half years ago and i was five years abstinent and all of a sudden i i i decided i wanted to leave grave sheet and we weren't we were together but we were long distance together and we did talk every day pretty much after that for six months. And then I came back and, you know, it was yesterday we were talking about that a little bit. And I, I just felt so sad for Peggy that uh, she would have that kind of uh, uh, weight on her to carry. And, uh, but for the most part, like our dinners, we, uh, Peggy, I get my own like salmon, but set Peggy cooks it in a way that is unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, so today, uh, yeah, we do food. Our food is different, and uh, but we do clean up, wash up together. We we shop together. Um, we do a lot of things together, and uh, but that's that was. You know, just reflecting on that relapse and and, and leaving Gracie um, mm. was so painful, and uh, I'm so glad to be back here with the living with all of you this last three years. So thank you. I bet that was extremely difficult for each of you, and so glad you're here, Miguel, Joey. Anything you want to ask? Any questions? You know, I, I just thought about this, um, and you don't have to answer it, but if you do, that would be nice too. Um, before uh, founding its other, um, how was it dating in abstinence? I didn't really, for me, I didn't really date um, much. And um, when I did, it didn't involve foods. Uh, it didn't involve eating with, with uh, somebody because I, I really didn't want um, to go through the hassle of explaining what I needed to do with food and weighing and measuring and restaurants and all of that. So um, the dating by and large was, I, I mean, I, I did I did weigh and measure in front of somebody I was dating from, from my other program and, um, and it was okay, but it, it's just not for me, um, I, I don't know, just who I am. It's uncomfortable for me to have to explain everything and why am I doing what I'm doing and all of that. And um, 
I did it, uh, but it's not. A, it, it's much more comfortable for me to weigh and measure with uh, somebody else. So it's to answer your question, Joey. It's not something that I did um, very frequently. It was very infrequent that I was in that situation where I needed to, um, where I was with someone and needed to weigh and measure. Um, it just wasn't uh, something I, I avoided it. Had coffee, did things that didn't involve meals. That's my own preference. Anybody else? The few times I did gray sheep before, you know, I was like 19 or 20 years old. I, uh, I couldn't get more than 62 days of abstinence back then. The only time I did it was when I was single, probably from codependency. So, you know, when I was single, I was really trying to focus on more self-care. But, you know, if I was in a relationship, I was, you know, not taking care of myself before then. I remember the first time I met my husband and he wanted to go out and um, I said, he wanted to take me to lunch. And I said, well, how about coffee? And he said, well, you have to eat, don't you? And <laughs> so he came over to get me for lunch and I told him that I needed to go to a place that had separate, that served separate protein from, you know, from vegetables. And he's like, well, and he threw out a couple places and I said, yeah, that would work. As soon as he came to pick me up, I, I sat him down and I said, this is what it's like to have lunch with me in a restaurant. And I showed him my scale and my backup veggies and my extra protein in case I needed that backup. And he said, wow, this is going to be different. I said, yeah. <laughs> and I remember telling him that I won't I won't eat dessert. And he said, uh, do you mind if I do? And I said, no, you can eat whatever you want. And he said, oh, let's go, let's go. <laughs> but I remember thinking, you know, I'm not gonna have this conversation in the restaurant. It's just not gonna happen then. And Eileen, how is it for you guys now? Do you eat out in restaurants very often? There are a few places that I feel comfortable going and they know me, you know, I'll go to the, the Chinese place and and as soon as they see it the order that says only soy sauce and oil they know I'm there <laughs> and um, they're very nice about it and there's there is one place in town I don't go to anymore because they don't want me to bring in backup food and I said oh that's too bad yes I really liked coming here but can't do that anymore and um yeah we it doing our my he knows how important this food thing is to me he at one point he said you know you'll probably be able to um eyeball it at some point and i said oh no never i don't eyeball i don't eyeball because eyeballing it doesn't give me the relief in my mind mm -hmm. that weighing and measuring does that i've got exactly what i need and he said oh i mean he's he really i told him one time i said i'm I'm so glad you get this gray sheet thing that I do because we've been married now almost 15 years. And he said, oh, I don't get it. He said, I know how important it is to you, but what you do with your food, I don't get it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know, in sponsorship, if I hear a, a partner is, you know, overly concerned about what a sponsee is eating or criticizing, it's just, you know, it's really hard to get 
past that with, you know, it, it's nice to have respect for people that it's really none of their business what, what the other person is, is eating. Um, you know, to make snide comments or something would just be disrespectful. Yeah, I kind of, I, I really, you know, it's like, it always fascinates me when somebody like says, you, is that really healthy to eat that way? And I was like, did you see the way I was eating before? Like, <laughs> did you think that was healthy? It's like, forget about it, you know? So it's like. Like, are you going to eat all that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, my, my doctor within first six months of abstinence, my, my, triglycerides like dropped big time I was like at a normal level after like six months and my doctor wrote on there he's like keep doing what you're doing and I was like well you know with a good star yeah he was he was stoked he was like I, I mean I think it's because a lot of doctors don't they see it at that point once it gets to that point it's like nobody people they don't see a whole lot of like people recovering from that point you know they were asking him if he didn't he asked you if you'd been drinking yes exactly i my liver enzymes were so high because i was just putting away the food you know i was like have you been drinking and me you know being proud of being clean for so long i was like no i've been all blah blah and i was like it doesn't look like it you know it's the aggressive progressive nature of this disease you know um i i just thought about what um stephanie was saying about uh on her former share about codependency um that was my story before i got into my 12-step program this is my 12-step my first one um i was so codependent in a way that whatever he likes i get you know and then um you know that lasted for you know um quite some time before I got abstinent. And when I got abstinent, which were, we were separated anymore. And um, he was the first one I made amends and uh, we, we, we bonded, you know, you know, in a way that we eat almost every month before the pandemic. And now, uh, amazingly, I, um, I just realized that the codependency just stopped, you know, whenever he, um, whenever we eat out uh, in the restaurant, Oh my God! He would explain everything to the to the to, to to the waiter. This is what my friend does. You know, he weighs and measures. Said Larry, just um, just let me take care. You know, I'll 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 I'll, I'll do it. Just calm down. No, I just want to make sure that he gets whatever you need. And I said, Wow, isn't it amazing that relationship changes when you weigh and measure your food? You know. So, well, he still does that whenever he eats, he'll explain things. And um, there was one time that the waiter said, oh, uh, he said that, oh, he's simple. You don't have to worry about him. So he explained everything. I, me just just pausing and just, okay, let him do whatever he wants. He still does it every, anyway. And then the waiter said, so is that what you call simple? He said, oh, okay. And then I said, when he came, went out, said, okay, that goes to tip. You know, so yeah, it, it's amazing how, you know, the codependent, I mean, I could still be codependent with a lot of things, but it just changes, you know, um, being in a 12-step program. Yeah, Steve will ask me, do you have your scale? <laughs> do you have everything you need before we go out? And I'm like, yeah, and it's not, it's support. You know, I, I take that as support. 
I've had that with other family members, like my mom, before she passed, she was like, she didn't get it at first. But then when my aunt, my aunt on my dad's side, Italian family, you know, it's like, they don't ask permission, they just do, right? Um, I had my meal. And I knew right away, I, I saw my aunt get up and walk towards the kitchen. And I was like, oh, no, she's going to go get a fork or something. I know it. And sure enough, she comes walking in with a fork. And my mom was like, you know, I said, no, I'm sorry. This is all mine. And and I can't remember what, my, what the interaction was after that. But my mom said, this is good for him. Do you, or something to that effect, you know, that's his food. You don't worry about it. Uh, you know and being able to say that to my aunt you know it's like an Italian family you don't you don't disrespect your elders you know <laughs> so I think you said it, I have a spiritual practice yeah that's right yeah, yeah yeah so you guys have touched on this but I'm just I I'm wonder about you know what are the gifts that you that you get being in an abstinent couple you know that I, I think that's a testament to to the program is that being together for thirty years, you know, and 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 still wanting to be together, and we still talk, and you know, still have conversations. Um, it, you know, it's like it shows that you know being able that the that the working if you work a program, you know. To the best of your ability not only you know physical abstinence but working the 12 steps you know that um that you can find a new way to live you know what i mean um and for me today that's you know i'm constantly trying to find a new way to live because i know that yesterday what i did yesterday is not going to keep me abstinent today when it comes to my spiritual growth you know, what I did physically, you know, the same weighing and measuring, that's going to keep me absent. If I keep doing that, that's good. But when it comes to like my spiritual growth, I can't rely on that, what I did yesterday to keep me absent today if I don't continue to grow spiritually. Biggest gift for me is being, is, is having met Jack. And being abstinent, I'm not sure that that would have happened. Um, certainly, I, if I wasn't in Gray Sheeters Anonymous, I wouldn't have been on the phone bridge. Would we have ever met? I don't know. I was in Rhode Island. He was in Vermont. Who knows? But I, I, it's a, it's a beautiful gift, and there's so much mutual respect between the two of us that we know that this Gray Shooters Anonymous is a solution. It's a solution for me for the, the biggest problem in my life, which is my food addiction. And, um, and we're very committed to being in Gray Shooters Anonymous and being abstinent. And that having that kind of camaraderie between the two of us is very comforting to me on a daily basis. Um, and, and as um, as we each grow individually, spiritually, it in, I th spiritually, mentally, emotionally, I think it enhances the relationship for me. A lot of the gifts, you know, it's like, I know he has my back. If I have a food emergency, 
you know, I'm going to call somebody, but if it's, you know, a matter of, I forgot something or, you know, have a lot of, a couple of times I've had to stay at work so long that I have to ask him to bring dinner and, you know, he'd be willing to do that uh, in an emergency or, you know, if he's uh, having a, co a conference in town or something, you know, I'm just like, call if you need anything, you know, he's, he's pretty much stuck there and I can bring something but, you know, just the biggest gift is just the clarity that and and the um, respect around the timing that, you know, those meals are the most important part of the day. So there's not going to be any scheduling, uh, you know, without checking with him, you know, about uh, ruining his meal time or something, you know, being cognizant of scheduling around that and fitting life around my abstinence that's really the foundation and you know in our situation there have been times too like where I'm in the hospital and he's uh feeding me because I couldn't feed myself with two casts on my arms he's feeding me bathing me so you know just amazing things in abstinence uh when we're not capable of making our own food the other person is willing to do that uh, but otherwise we do you know weigh and measure our own food and and it's just a gift to, to know that uh, we'll stand up for each other if, if anyone is, you know, criticizing or, you know, wondering what the heck are you doing? You know, they'll have comic relief or something to mm -hmm. like that speaker tape. We're with weights and measures and we're checking the portions of your food here to make sure they stand up to what the menu says, you know. Art, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our, our oldest timer that I know, he said that on a gray sheet tape and I'll never forget it, it really helped. Yes, that's great. For me, the gift is trust. The integrity that I get from my gray sheet abstinence, uh, it flows, it cascades into my relationship with Peggy and trust. And um, that gift of uh, the connection, the heart connection, uh, the comfortability, the ease of life and living and having a way to live today uh, with the gray sheet and my gray sheet absence, our way of life. And um, it's, it's really remarkable how it really just, uh, it's, 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 it's hard and it's humbling and there, it's a surrender. It's a constant surrender, not that there's a push and pull or anything like that, but it's a constant surrender to the day and uh, and what are we going to do today and uh, or what are you doing or what am I doing and we certainly do a lot of different things, but um, that that trust for me was everything and uh, it's one of the biggest gifts I've ever had and and still have. One of the things I was thinking as people were talking was, um, you know, I too tend to, um, before abstinence, I used to turn my will and my life over to the care of whoever I was going out with. And you can't do that and be abstinent. So my abstinence makes, makes it incumbent on me to take care of myself first and not lean into somebody else or take care of somebody else first, or I need to be strong and standing on my own two feet. And then I am much better able to be in a healthy relationship.
when we weren't abstinent, you know, uh, with the trust issue, it just, it was so painful to be lying about what I was eating. You know, I want to be honest with my partner and here I am lying about the most ridiculous thing, or I would buy six and I would eat four of them and say, here's our two things I bought, you know, or lying about where I ate lunch at work. You know, I spent money at a restaurant with coworkers or something. It just, it was very painful to be doing that. I wanted to ask you if you, any of you had any advice, if anyone who's listening to this and it's, uh, you know, it's in, it's in Gracie, it's got some uh, fears about uh, dating or, you know, putting themselves out there. Do you have any advice for anyone in this situation? I think the idea of what, the idea of being um, honest right from the beginning, this is what I do with food. And um, there, there are, I need to do this and I need to be healthy and I want to do this. Um, is this something you're going to be able to um, handle? And if not, and I've known people, uh, women who have said this, if not, thank you very much and move on. Because it's it, this is the most important thing. And my absence is the most important thing in my life. So that has to be number one and everything else comes after that. So if somebody um, can't handle it, doesn't like it, um, one of the things is what is there about me being healthy that bothers you? That's a question that stops the conversation immediately. Uh, so it's one of the things, and I've, I've heard from other people who have dated people and then later married them, but this was an issue they had to get through because the person didn't want them to weigh out in public and they had to, it, it came down to, um, well, it's me weighing in public or thank you very much and goodbye. I just uh, heard a qualification uh, within the last week of someone who, uh, you know, was in a, in a relationship that was going quite swimmingly and, um, you know, the, the weighing and measuring had gone fine with them. And then there was some sort of uh, meeting of families or an extended situation. It was a holiday thing, actually. And the the uh, non-grade sheeter said, you know, I don't want you. It, it's fine with just it's fine with me, but it won't work uh, for you to do that, you know, with my family or at the holidays. And that was it. And, um, you know, it's uh, it was it was uh, really heartening and really the, the you know, such a testament to you know without exception you know and um so it uh was someone earlier uh i was thinking about that being it's such a litmus test it is a good way to you know call through you know people in dating so yeah i was going to say it's a great bs detector for sure because you know if that's it's just uh, a litmus test. That's a polite way to say it. I'm going to have to remember that. <laughs> for sure. Right. I think it, in it, and I think, you know, my experience has been working, you know, working with other fellow compulsive eaters and, and their trials and tribulations going through life. 
in general in relationships, whether that's a, a, a romantic relationship or a, a platonic relationship is that, you know, the people that really love me support me and are and and it, they don't see the weighing and measuring as any any big deal and the people that are not that won't support that are are people that i just don't want in my life you know i just don't need it yeah i i have a hard enough time you know um keeping keeping myself you know uh turning my will in my life over on a daily basis because i'm so self-centered that if i have people like that in my life i tend to get i my my disease tends to say oh maybe they're right and i don't need to have that in my life you know i don't need to have my disease say to me maybe they're right you know i don't need that you know, I, and so that's why I surround myself with people in, in recovery who have found a new way to, uh, who are, are, who are, who are not compulsively eating and have found a new way to live, you know, and so as long as I, you know, can uh, do that, you know, and keep in the, in the middle of the, of the group, um, you know, I know that I have, a chance to stay absent tomorrow and the rest of the day today, you know? So I don't have guarantee tomorrow that I'll stay absent, but as long as I continue to do what I need to do to stay absent, I will be absent tomorrow. And hopefully the rest of my life, you know, one day at a time. I have heard good stories though with, with sponsees that struggle with that, that, you know, some people around them, if at first they're not supportive, you know, I, I, uh, I might mention, you know, before when we were disco dieting, people that loved us would kind of coax us off that diet because they thought we were in so much turmoil trying to diet. They want us to get back to stasis, you know, so they really want what they think is best for us, but it's not. And because we, we didn't stick and stay to something, you know, when you stay abstinent longer, they see that it's working. They see that you're still committed to it and they start to support it. They see it working. But at first, if they think it's a diet, then they're like, oh, you've, you know, you've quit all these diets before. Let's just hurry, hurry you on to quitting this one too, so we can get back to what we've been doing. And there's that initial discomfort with changing these boundaries and less people pleasing but you know, if they really truly love you and are healthy in working on themselves, they can grow through that and adapt to that. So it's not it's not a hopeless situation, and and I may not expect them to understand at first, but they come around. So that's good. I have to say that uh, two and a half years ago, when my daughter Megan was married in the Berkshires in Massachusetts, and she was married on top of Mount Greylock, I paid for the wedding. I called. Uh, the restaurant and this beautiful former Zen monastery was turned into a restaurant and lodging. And I told him everything I wanted and all my sponsor says, if they're agreeing with you, bring double back up. He was, he was so right. I mean, because I got there, I'm sitting down, there's 50 people there in, in outside and I have my scale and uh, 
it looked like a Buick. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know I mean? and I'm sitting there and a guy comes out with a few leaps of, uh, of lettuce, you know? And so I had to go back and what I eventually had to do, and this was late eating and I did have backup in my room. Uh, I said that I was tired and I was going to have to leave. I had to put that boundary on my daughter's wedding and remove myself from the situation. And I called my sponsor and that night we laughed over it. He says, did you bring double backup? I says, you better believe I brought double backup. So yeah, so I, in, in all, in, in all conditions, you know, I have to stay absent no matter what. I, I'm interested to also to hear you guys talk about, you don't become each other's sponsor, right? That's not happening. Even though you're both in gray sheet and you both have 90 days and you could sponsor each other. And what I'm hearing is a healthy, no, I have my own sponsor. So-and-so has their own sponsor, you know, and, and also the thing about if somebody has strong feelings about my abstinence and doesn't want me to weigh and measure in front of other people or outside because they might get embarrassed or whatever, there's a word for that. It's called controlling. And there's a, you know, there's a way in which we can hide from our new dating partners for a while, but in Grace Sheet, you find out pretty fast <laughs> somebody's controlling, you know, it's, that's, that's why I think the litmus test is a great, great term. I had an experience I hadn't had in a while, which was, um, I was with a dear friend of mine and we were going to have, um, dinner with her, uh, kids and grown kids. And, um, she was so excited. I brought my own food. She was so excited to talk about what I do and, you know, and how I do it and why I do it. And I, I was just able to kind of regulate and, and, you know, it's like thinking this is just a one and done. This is, she's just going to do that. And, and I'm just going to pause. And so it was interesting. Uh, yeah. People, you know, have all kinds of reactions to what we do and we just keep doing it. I think that we may be ready to wrap. Well, thank you, Steph. Thank you, Victor. Thank you, Jack. And thank you, Peggy. Really, really good to have you here. Thanks for asking. Thank you. Thank you. So good to see y'all. So in closing, this podcast has been recorded to discuss the fundamentals and basics of gray sheet abstinence. We support a vigorous and positive attitude towards gray sheet abstinence, which includes three weighed and measured meals a day with nothing in between but black coffee, tea, or diet soda. If, you've, if you're interested in knowing more about Gray Sheeters Anonymous, please go to our website at graysheet.org. That's gray, G-R-E-Y. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer on the podcast, please send a video recording to podcast at graysheet.org. Be well.